You are listening to the Phoebe's podcast and my name is Sylvia Maral. To know more about Phoebe's, visit our web at www.phoebe's.org and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. Please subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned. In today's episode, I'm very happy to say we are again joined by Stephanie Verilac-Marzan, Phoebe's Institutional and Regulatory Affairs Coordinator, for an overview of the new EU corporate due diligence proposal. Stephanie, it has been a while since you were here with us, so welcome again and thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. So as just said, today we are going to open a new regulatory chapter and focus on non-financial reporting, but on the latest stage of the EU policies on this topic. Yes, so indeed, you may remember that in one of the last episodes we spoke about the Corporate Social uh, Reporting, Sustainability Reporting Directive and uh, one of the uh, former proposals that was made. And today we're going to talk about a new initiative which is kind of following up uh, on that, which is the EU proposal on corporate due diligence. So what happened? In February 2021, the European Parliament adopted a recommendation for the European Commission in which they were advising them to revise the corporate due diligence proposal and to add more sustainability items. Like it came from a report from the MEP Lara Volterst. And following that and following also uh, some OECD report that has been made on the due diligence subject, the European Commission has published on the 23rd of February 2022 the new proposal on corporate sustainable due diligence. So it will now be examined by the European Parliament and the Council during the normal, usual, let's say, legislative process uh, happening in the European Union. And what are the main features of this proposal on corporate due diligence? So I think we can summarize very quickly the major features of the proposal in four points. These four points would be the scope, the complementarity, the definitions and the obligations that are uh, pushed by the proposal. So about the scope. The scope of the proposal is that it is to be applied to large companies which are defined into this piece of paper as companies having more than 500 employees and a turnover above 150 million euros in the EU. This is important because this is the turnover that's happening into the EU. And this is an important point because it applies, it would apply both to European-based companies, but also to non-EU companies, provided they have a turnover of more than 150 million in the EU. So there's a territorial scope, if you want, that's important to take into, uh, into account. So originally, uh, it would not apply to small businesses, to SMEs, but What's really strange and what needs to be seen during the, the legislative process is that uh, the proposal is having what we call a value chain approach. So the idea is to say 
Due diligence uh, about sustainability items should be made throughout all the value chain of, of a sector of, or of an, an industry. And so if you do that, but if you apply it only to large companies, large companies have suppliers and clients that are small businesses. So in reality, with the value chain approach, we really think that SMBs are going to be triggered into the scope uh, of the proposal. So this is really uh, an important element that uh, we need to see further down, let's say, the legislative process. Are SMEs going to be drawn into the due diligence obligations or not? What, so this was the first point, right, the scope. Second one is the complementarity. And as I said when we, when we did just the introduction, uh, it is this uh, corporate due diligence proposal goes together with the corporate sustainability reporting directive that has just been discussed uh, into trilogue negotiations by the European uh, Commission, the Parliament and the Council. And why is it complementary? Because they really go hand in hand because the CSRD, so the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, requires risk management which is the basis of due diligence in a way. And at the same time, the last stage of the due diligence process talks about reporting, which is then the basis and links uh, linked to the CSRD. So you can see it's a kind of a circle, a virtuous circle that, you know, due diligence would need to have some, uh, some clear risk management in place. And, uh, and some strong reporting, which is going to be triggered also by the CSRD. So it's logical that the two of them are adopted, you know, quite uh, closely or they, they really go together. Uh, third point on the uh, due diligence proposal, this is about definitions. So as usual, uh, in uh, any kind of EU proposal, you have a lot of uh, annexes or definitions and uh, in, in this one, uh, there are the traditional ones, but there are also uh, two which we think are specific and where we will need to see some clarification during the legislative process. So the first one is the definition of company. We've talked about that probably in, uh, in all the podcast, podcast episodes that we did. The issue here again is, is a company only referring to a registered company or does it also embark uh, sole traders and, uh, and uh, uh, individual enterprises? This is still a question mark. It will need to be solved. Uh, the second important definition that is really very specific to this proposal of uh, the due diligence is about what constitutes sorry, an established business relationship. So let me let me stop a minute on that. The due diligence proposal is saying that you need to have duties of care and to, to have some specific obligations uh, with uh, your counterparts and with uh, other uh, companies with which you have an established business relationship. But then what constitutes really an established business relationship is kind of blurry because uh, does it mean that uh, it has to be uh, a business relationship over time? Or does it mean that uh, it's a very large client of yours, for example? Is it a very large supplier? Uh, 
What about uh, the, uh, the length of time that you know it? What about the different prospects that you can have? Are you or not to, uh, are you, do you have to also do, do due diligence uh, on prospects? So we, we are of the opinion in the first, you know, discussion we've had with our, uh, with our members and with the, the business reporting community, let's say, uh, that this would really need to have some further clarification Uh, because it's a core element uh, of assessing due diligence under the value chain approach. And so it needs to be a little bit more uh, better defined. And finally, to go back to our fourth point, you know, on this proposal. So about the obligation that the proposal on due diligence sets up. So it sets up uh, corporate due diligence obligations on human rights and environmental adverse effects that can be uh, triggered uh, to the company. So it means that if you go back to the CSRD and the ESG you know, uh, environment, it's a lot more about the E, the environment, and the S, the social uh, and human rights approach. Uh, the proposal also very much enhances the director's duties and it gives some stronger clarification of what constitutes a duty of care compliance. So in that sense, it's quite welcome because sometimes it was a little bit difficult uh, to, to see what was really meant by the duty of care that uh, directors have to apply. And uh, an important point to note too is that some company, the companies that do not have to report on a regular basis about the due diligence obligations that, is, uh, that are put forward by the proposal, uh, would still have to do a yearly statement about the way their companies are, uh, are triggering, uh, are looking at uh, all the aspects that are related to uh, human rights and environment uh, effects. So, Even if you're not subject to the full formal due diligence obligations under the scope of the proposal, you would still need to have a kind of re yearly reporting in the form, for example, of a web statement or, uh, or, or, a, web, or a page that is uh, provided on your website, you know, whatever. So uh, the idea behind that is really to have more transparency about, uh, about the way uh, companies are tackling uh, environment uh, and, uh, and human rights and social uh, prospects. And last but not least, important for us in the uh, business reporting and in the financial uh, environment is that regulated financial undertakings that are providing finance or credit Uh, are going to be subject also to the uh, due diligence uh, obligations, but only at the beginning of a contract, which means that if you have, for example, a revolving credit in place, you need to do the due diligence at the beginning when you're searching, you know, for example, for creditworthiness or, you know, the, the identity uh, fighting against fraud. You need to do that at the beginning, but you don't need to renew every time Uh, the the contract is uh, is just um, producing effect. So I, I, this is an important element to take in place. Yes, understood. Perfect, uh, Stephanie. So coming to this point, what would you say are the key questions to solve within the legislative process in the European Parliament and the Council? So I think the question of scope is going to be a key one because 
the the fact that there are both there are kind two kinds of approaches so the first one is to exempt the small business but if you're taking the value chain approach because of what i said you know everybody has uh, clients or suppliers who are smbs so in reality they're going to be triggered into the scope so definition of the scope is going to be a key one uh, and it's also it's both political and economical because uh, because you don't want too much red tape, but on the other hand uh, you don't want to leave uh, to leave companies aside. Secondly, I think the links with the CSRD needs to be reinforced to ensure that there is really a global approach and that there are no clashing rules. And uh, then the definitions of a business relationships and also. Uh, another point which I didn't mention, but the clarification of the kind of oversights or supervision that's going to be put uh, in place and what type of sanctions could be triggered if companies do not respect the due diligence obligations. This is going to be a key element that uh, we will have to look at uh, during the, the process and it will probably lift uh, some very heavy discussions both in the European Parliament and in the Council. Well, we are here waiting to see what what comes next, right? <laughs> exactly. So, thank you, Stephanie. It has been a pleasure to have you guiding us through this topic, helping us understand a bit better what it is about and the implications it might bring for our members' activities. So, see you soon in the FIBIS podcast for more relevant content in the regulatory affairs field. We would love to hear your feedback and thoughts for future episodes. You have been listening to the Phoebe's podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe. Thank you for listening.